Ballard a little bit, the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of attention being paid to Chris Ballard, and rightly so. He's kind of the head of the pyramid. He's the guy who sets the culture, drafts to the culture, decides who he's going to bring into the locker room, consults with others. He's the guy. He's responsible for the roster. Over the weekend, the draft looked like he did some really, really good work again. I got five good things to say about Chris Ballard. I got five bad things to say about Chris Ballard. Trying to make it even, trying to make it an unbiased kind of look at the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. We'll do that. We'll talk about Indiana basketball also. Indiana basketball, the rankings have come out way too early. However, it's post-transfer, right? The transfer portal is closed. We know who is going to be on the Indiana roster unless something untoward happens or if Trace Jackson Davis decides to shock everybody and stay in the NBA draft. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Ken Sterling for Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Wow. When you do-do, they do-do, and it's done-done quickly and expediently and wonderfully, because that's what Johnson's Plumbing does. 765-610-8809. That's the number. All right, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go, let's talk. And if you have a question to ask, I'm open to questions, but you got to donate. If you donate, I'll see the question. I'll address it immediately, all right? The weather has been a little bit screwy. Looks like it's going to get screwy again. Maybe we'll get done before it gets screwy. Maybe it won't, and it's going to start raining on me, and you know how I enjoy that. All right, let's talk about Chris Ballard. The five really good things about Chris Ballard. Number one, he's really honest, genuinely honest. I've never thought, here's a guy lying to me. And looking back on transcripts over the last five years of his reign as general manager for the Colts, I've never seen where I was like, ah, there he is. There he is saying the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong people. He just doesn't lie. He doesn't always tell you exactly what he's going to do. That would be stupid. But he never lies. He's not deceitful. I think that is a core element to his character. And it's a good thing, ultimately, because let's face it, nothing activates media like a liar. You got a guy who lies to you. All of a sudden, the media, they love catching people in lies and they will look for the lies. Chris Ballard doesn't give them or us that ammunition, and good for Chris Ballard. It's important as a leader to tell the truth. Lies burn bridges. They erode trust and correctly erode trust. If trust leaves, if we don't trust him, if fans don't trust him, if media doesn't trust him, if people in the locker room don't trust Chris Ballard, if he's a convenient teller of the truth, you know what, then you got a problem, and all of a sudden you're going to be looking for another general manager. Number four, he seeks counsel of others, and not just the people you would expect, not just the people on his staff, but people outside the organization. He'll call and say, hey, what do you think of this? He does that quite a bit. That speaks to the difference that he embodies, the difference between confidence and arrogance. A confident man asks questions of others, woman too. An arrogant man or woman asks no questions and really doesn't listen very well. Chris Ballard's a good listener. Number three, he is wildly competitive. Well, he comes off as Mr. Nice Guy, right? But if you're ever in the media box, 
the press box up at Lucas Oil Stadium and you walk by the area where Chris Ballard watches the game, you'll hear a wild man yelling about penalties, yelling about every damn thing. It is incredibly entertaining. It took me until this last season to realize it, and I was walking past, and I heard a guy screaming from one of the rooms. I know that that's where Chris Ballard hung out during the game. And, and I stayed by the door, and I thought, damn, that's Chris Ballard. He was killing an official over a holding call, killing the official. And it was hilarious, and I enjoyed it. And it took me, took a lot of discipline for me to decide, you know what, I don't need to be here uh, just lurking out here, listening to Chris Ballard scream obscenities about uh, the officiating. Just, it, it was above me, to be quite frank. Uh, number two, yeah, sure it was. Number two, he authors what appears to be a great draft class every two years. And, and I say that because in 2022, we're not sure what we got. Right, this appears to be a really good draft class. One through four in this thing appears to be really, really good. 2018, undeniably, a really good draft class. Quentin Nelson, really good. Uh, you got Darius Leonard, you got Braden Smith, you got a bunch of guys. Kari Willis, I think, was in that draft class. You got a bunch of really good guys in that draft class. Naheem Hines, maybe, unless I'm nuts. Maybe Kari was in the first one, Naheem in the last, I don't know, in 18. Whatever. Really good draft class. In 20, you know what? Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor both in the second round. Whatever happened after that, and what happened after that wasn't bad with Julian Blackman, a guy who would have been higher in the draft if not for that torn ACL that he came back from really, really quick. Let's hope it's as quick with the Achilles. That was a really good draft. And it looks like 2022 with Pierce, Alec Pierce, right? Uh, Jelani Woods looks good and and you got uh bernard ryman who looks really good too and then cross the safety they say might have been the second best safety in the draft you got those four from 53 down right to 96 no first rounder no early second rounder you trade back from 42 to 53 you pick up 57 you give up 122 also this appears to be a really good draft, his third, all even numbers. We'll get to that on the bad side. The other ones, right? 17, 19, 21. All right, and uh, number one, he grinds and he grinds and he grinds. He is a grinder, not a really tall guy. He's a high school quarterback. He goes to Wisconsin as a quarterback, becomes a wide receiver, just grinding and grinding and grinding, becomes a junior high teacher and coach gets into the high school, gets to uh, Texas A&M Kingsbury, is hired as an area scout by the Bears, spends a decade doing that, has one year in the front office, goes to the Chiefs, grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds. And all of a sudden he's here running the show. This, this career that appears to have just kind of blossomed out of thin air, not so much. That career is the underpinnings of that career, the foundational piece of that career that Chris Ballard has built, grinding. He grinds. The, you know, they say that your locker room is going to be okay and your team's going to be okay if your quarterback's the hardest-working guy in it. If he's the first one in, the last one out, everything takes care of itself if your quarterback's the hardest-working guy in the team. 
Same is true for the front office. If your general manager is not the hardest working guy in the building, in that front office, you got a problem. I firmly believe that Chris Ballard's the hardest working guy in that front office. All right, let's look at the five things we don't like about Chris Ballard. Uh, he authors a poorly uh, constructed draft class every other year. Every odd year, it just goes wrong. You know, I mean, my God. The first one, Malik Hooker, might have wound up being Ed Reed if he had stayed healthy. Ed Reed, for the love of God. That's on Charlie. That's on Chuck Pagano. At any rate, you got him. You got Quincy Wilson. That Zach Banner. That first draft was a complete catastrophe. 2019. Rocky Seen, the first pick at 34. Not good. Look, don't spend your draft choices on slow quarterbacks. Just don't do it. And then 2021, what have we gotten yet? Quitty pay for sacks. Got to get more out of him, and they might. Once he moves to the left side, and you got Ngakwe on the right, and you got the two anchors in the middle, and Buckner and Stewart, maybe pay gets going, right? Oh, dang, Bo. Nothing yet, but we knew there was going to be nothing yet, right? Still coming back. Now, hopefully, at 100% from that Achilles tear, let's hope that Dio Odangbo is a little bit better uh, this coming year than maybe even we projected when he was selected in the second round out of Vanderbilt. Not great drafts, at least so far, in the odd-numbered years. Then he, he's more comfortable drafting bigs than fasts. You got to get fast. Speed kills. Speed wins in every sport. You got to have fast guys. And the Colts have not been a fast team. This draft helps. The athletic scores for this draft and the speed scores for the guys in this draft, much, much better. Better for Ballard. Better for the Colts. They need speed. Number three, he is anchored to principles that are dogma. He treats them like physics. You cannot treat dogma like physics. You must massage. You must evolve your dogma as you move forward. You have to learn from your mistakes, not continue to commit them. Hopefully this past draft is evidence that Chris Ballard has moved forward beyond the mistakes of just building from the inside out. Took some guys on the outside. Good for him. Uh, number two, a little too friendly. I think he likes people too much. As a human being, that's what you want. You know, as a son, you'd want a guy who likes people and who is liked by people. Chris Ballard really likes people, and I think he has a tough time saying goodbye to people, and that's why this T.Y. Hilton thing continues to hang over the head of the Colts, and he just won't say goodbye. He says, you know what, I think T.Y. Hilton can still play. Really? His yards after catch the last four years have gone down to 3.1 yards per catch. You know how many tackles he broke in 2021? Zero. Not a broken tackle. First time in his career. T.Y. Hilton, you got to say goodbye to these guys. You got to treat them with respect. But treating people with respect is also, you know what? You say goodbye, you say quick, you get it over with, and you move on. He gets it. T.Y. gets it. And number one, he can't find a long-term quarterback. He just can't. Hopefully Matt Ryan is the guy for three years. If you get three years out of Matt Ryan, this trade was a, a, a smashing success. 
and maybe next draft or the draft ever after you go get your guy, depending on how this year goes. We'll see. Aaron Perry, thank you so much. Starting five for IU. Here's a starting five for IU, Aaron. Great segue. I was just about to start talking about IU. For IU basketball, you got Xavier Johnson at the point, unless that Dodge Charger goes over 90 again on residential streets in Bloomington. What? I think he got Jalen hood Shafino starting at the two. I think he's just too good. I think he's going to surpass Tamar Bates. And, and I think, obviously, he's going to surpass Trey Galloway, who has been very, very serviceable. But I think he's the two. I think Jordan Geronimo's the three. He is going to be a great defensive three, and I think he's got the offensive game to make it work, too. At the four, you got Race Thompson. At the five, Trace Jackson Davis. I also think that Malik Renault is going to get a long look. You're going to see him play a lot of minutes for the Hoosiers. You're going to see Trey Galloway on the floor. You're going to see Miller Cobb. You're going to see maybe C.J. Gunn. C.J. Gunn might uh, surprise people. This is going to be a deep team. They're going to go deep. Mike Woodson's going to play a lot of guys. He's going to see what those guys can do. I think this is going to be a fascinating year uh, for Indiana basketball. Ranked 22nd by um, by who? I don't even uh, Yikes. Oh, by uh, rivals, by 247sports.com, ranked 27 or 22nd, and three Big Ten teams ahead of the Hoosiers. You got Michigan, you got Iowa, you got Illinois. I don't think Iowa's going to be as good as uh, rivals does, as 247sports does. I think Indiana's going to be better than fourth. Um, this is going to be a really good team and a fun team. Uh, Caleb Banks, we're going to see whether he can play Logan Duncan. I wouldn't be surprised to see him a little bit. 11 of the 13 guys on the roster are homegrown, meaning straight out of high school. Two were transfers. That's a good thing. I hate the transfer portal. I don't want transfer guys saying, okay, pay me, NIL me. Let's get the NIL stuff out of the way when these guys are coming from high school to college. They are more athletic. This is a more athletic team than Indiana's had since 2016. And they are deep. This might be the deepest team I've ever seen for Indiana basketball. I think they go 13 deep with guys who can play. That is deep. And this is going to be fascinating. And by the way, you know, people ask about IU football periodically. I got to tell you the truth. Nothing but love for IU football. But they're going to have to win a Big Ten game for me to all of a sudden devote time to it because I don't believe anybody gives a damn less about Indiana football. 0-9 last year in the Big Ten. They did have the fifth-ranked recruiting class in the country. No fans at all at any of the spring events. I'm not sure they would have had any anyway. We'll see. Indiana basketball, I am way bullish. Indiana football, I am not bullish at all. I think it's a wayward train that has left the track and is going off the bridge. That's what I think. Um, we'll see. I hope that's not true. Life's a lot more fun in the fall when Indiana's playing well. I just don't see it happening. And that, you know what? Signing head coaches to an extension before they really prove themselves worthy of that extension, it's what got Fred Glass into trouble with Tom Crean. And I think it's getting Scott Dolson into trouble with Tom Allen. 
and don't stop hiring coaches named Tom. It's gonna start. It started to rain. Good Lord, look at the fish. They're running for cover, swimming for cover. Let's get in for God's sake. All right, have a great day. Uh, you know what? I voted. You should vote, even though most of the races are un uncontested, for goodness sake. What's the point? Well, the point is you do what you do.